Hello everyone. My name is Saliha Wazirzada. I'm a filmmaker on a spiritual journey. In these podcasts, I will be talking to people from various industries, backgrounds, and experiences. And together with you, we will dig deeper into their spiritual connection with their own being or with their own soul. We'll be sharing stories of people from various backgrounds by plunging deeper into their soul connection and get them up close and personal so they can feel comfortable to share their inner stories. Furthermore, the idea is to have a soul reconnection space where people can understand the common thread binding all humanity for we are spiritual beings first. Welcome to the 29th episode of the Untold Story Told. Today we're joined in by David Raman. Since 2004, David Raman has helped countless people overcome their self-esteem and confidence issues, enabling them to live much more happier lives. As an international keynote speaker and coach, He works with organizations and individuals to foster a mindset of happiness and possibility. David is also the author of the book Let It Go. And in this book, he talks about how important it is to set ourselves free from all that has been putting us in a space where we are not able to be our best selves. And there's much more to this book and so in this podcast we will talk to him about his book, we'll talk to him about what he thinks about life and what his views are and also get to know him a bit more up close and personal and get to see what he has to say today. So sit back, relax and join the show today with David Raman. David, how are you today? I'm good, thank you, Salia. How are you? I am so good uh, because today I am finally speaking to the great David Raman. Um, oh. Been been uh, waiting for this moment, um, and it's also because in the time that we had thought about getting on the podcast together, uh, I've been looking at what you've been up to, what you've been doing, and off and on, just been looking at what you've been creating as the human person that you are, and then what you're doing for others, and how you've uplifted yourself. So we'll get straight into it. Um, I will get into the part about your book that's just come out. let Ooh. it go uh and in this book uh what you basically are saying is that you can fundamentally change your life and in the book you say i believe it is the key to helping people release themselves from the negative thinking which is currently keeping them unhappy and i found that profound so uh, uh can you just tell us a bit about that yeah sure sure i i think we we all Salia so, yeah, we all have a way of thinking mm-hmm. uh, and some people they're optimists some people they're positive some people they're naturally um 
negative thinkers, and they'll admit that. Mm -hmm. So I think it, for me, how, how did we develop this? Uh, and I, I believe it comes from the past, our experiences, who is mm. in our life, who, mm. how people influenced us. Mm. And I believe if we can change the way we think, there's so much that we mentally and emotionally carry, we can start to let go of. Mm. Mm. It's interesting, that is so interesting. Um, in the book, there's a quote that you mentioned, and that's, that quote is by uh, Johann uh, Wolfgang von, how do you pronounce that person's name? And the, the quote is, the quote is, it says, things which matter most must never be at the mercy of things which matter least. Mm -hmm. That was so deep. Um, how did you come up with this quote to be appropriate for that part of the book? I've always loved that quote. Uh, and to paraphrase it, you know, don't let the things that matter most be at the mercy of the things that matter least. And, and sometimes we just do that. We, we, we're looking for maybe validation or we're people pleasing, mm. you know, so therefore we're giving our time and energy to things which perhaps don't serve us and mm. eventually make us feel a bit resentful. Mm. Uh, we wasted our time. So mm -hmm. it's, it's all about valuing yourself and your time, mm. that, that, that statement, you know. Mm. It's beautiful. And I, I like the way I was also looking. It's a very deep quote. It can be put in many ways. But at the moment when I was reading it, I think it's to do with how you're thinking in that moment when you read something. And as a reader, what came to me is that where we put our focus is exactly where we grow. So if we put our focus in something that's not working out for us and we just keep going on and on about us, even though there is no way out in, in that situation, that's where you will go. So your focus determines where you go, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. Mm. Um, our focus then depends on how we look at life. Uh, and if we look at life as a struggle, yeah, we'll often find things to struggle about. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's yeah. I look at focus like a like a, a magnifying glass wherever you put the magnifying glass you'll see more of yeah uh, it's it then boils down to choice where where do you want to put your magnifying glass mm -hmm. so we could go a bit more deeper into the book but where I want to go right now is a bit about you as David as the boy you were as how you grew up and your perception because I feel I'm feeling this from you and I feel you used to wonder and ponder and think about things a lot like simple things such as why didn't that bird come back to that window again you know that kind of a deep thinker were you always like that looking at life from this lens Yes, yes, 100%. Um, mm. I thought I was a bit crazy, actually. I thought there was something wrong with me because I was too deep at times thinking about mm. why are some people confident and why are some people not confident and why do they seem to be happy? Why can't I be as happy as that? And, and why do I feel left out? So I, I always used to think about mm. things like... Um, thinking why do people think the way they do so i was always curious about the mind mm. and also curious about 
where I fitted in the world. Mm. I was only a, a, a youngster, teenager, when I started thinking mm. these things. And mm. I was used to observe people. I love observing people. In fact, I love observing people interact. Uh, and I remember at the age of 18, I was with my friend. We were in this, like a nightclub at the time. And mm. we were just looking at people and looking at their microfacial movements, we call it now, and, and body language. But I was very interested in that, just to see how people connected. So it was very, mm. very, yeah, as a child, I was very curious. Mm. Still am. <laughs> mm. Mm. Do you think you, where you are today, David, do you think that that child, that well, the happy child is come, has come back and is there within you? even though you're like you've grown up and but like the work that you put within you to become the person you are today you brought that child back into that happy place that he was in yeah yeah I mean mm. as a teenager I, I wasn't I was happy and not so happy at times you know mm. uh, I didn't actually have confidence looking mm. back and I didn't mm. um, think I was worthy I had a lot of self-esteem issues uh -huh. so but there is this, one of my friends said recently, she's a, a psychologist. She said, David, there is no one knew the, how I know you. She said, you've got two sides of you. You've got mm -hmm. a very childlike form of you, which is very, mm -hmm. very adventurous, likes to see the world, likes mm -hmm. to enjoy himself. And then you've got a very deep uh, and spiritual side of you, the one mm -hmm. that goes deeper. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased I've got those two sides, you know? Yes, uh, I, yes. I embrace them. Yes, and you say it in the book that where I am today, I am happy and grateful. And I like how you put it together because you could have said anything that I am abundant, I am enough, I'm great. But the simplest way you could say it is that you were yes. happy and grateful, which yes. also brings us down to like there was a time like you were not able to let it go. There was a time when you were un grateful or not able to see the abundance around you not open to the idea of how everything's working out for you right so you were in the opposite emotions of what you are experiencing now therefore you're appreciating what you have so you you went through that struggle didn't you yes definitely and i guess when you are growing up and, and in my 20s i had dark thoughts mm -hmm. yeah, and i questioned what's the point of me so you get mm. to the point where you think you question yourself mm. and you don't understand because you don't understand that you've mm. got enough. You know, mm. you don't realize that we've got enough. Mm. Uh, I didn't realize that I was so well liked. I didn't think I was. So mm. we, we are in our own little bubble without any awareness of who we are. So, yeah. Mm. And I, I guess it wasn't a, a lack of gratitude. I just didn't know how to express it. Mm even though I love my parents and my family, hmm. um, I didn't realize. I mean, one of the, I think, going back, if I could share this little story. Hmm. Um, I did, as a teenager, I run away a few times. I run away about three or four times as a, as a teenager because I was rebelling, because I felt trapped. Uh, and one day I run away in the wrong night. It snowed. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I was outside in the snow. Oh. lying under this conifer this like this small tree and I from that night on because I was so cold trying to sleep and in, in the snow under this tree I I thought 
for the rest of my life, if I ever get it back into my own bed again and sleep, I will never take my bed for granted again, a bed, you know? Mm. I never have, you know? I'm grateful every day to get yeah. into a bed and wake up in a bed. So, mm. yeah. It, yes. Little moments like that, Solia, just change who you are. That's it. That's it. I feel, David, I feel that one doesn't have to sort of like fall through a building or have to you know come under a train and come out alive like those little life life and death kind of moments where people have accidents to go through something like which changes your perspective in a way that changes your perspective on life i i mean not that i am saying that people who go through that are people who don't go through anything but i'm saying is there the emotions that we go through when we go through these places where we actually understand, oh, you know, whose body am I in? Who, who am I? Like, who am I really, right? Mm -hmm. Those are emotions a person can feel within their body just because what they're going through, because they're making themselves feel sick with the, ag the anguish and the pain that they're giving themselves. That can be the similar feeling that a person who's gone through an accident and come out alive. So emotions can be similar in two people, whether they had an accident or they give themselves a self-accident by with not thinking that they are alive or they are broken. Yes, 100%. Does that make sense? <laughs> definitely makes sense. Yeah, great, great, great statement. And uh, yeah, I mean, somebody will can go through physical trauma like an accident or near accident and somebody can go through emotional trauma. Mm. Pain is still the same, you know, mm. it's still the same. Um, I remember in 1999, I had, a, <laughs> I had a sports car in those days mm. and I was loading up, the, it only had two seats. So I was putting my seat, my suit behind my seat and within 20, 30 seconds, this lorry literally grazed me and took away the door of my car. So it didn't touch me, but I could feel this go past me. I heard this huge bang and it took away the door of my car. And I looked, my car door was hanging off and this lorry, you see, was stopped further down the street. He, he obviously hadn't been paying attention to the road. So I, I could have been killed. At the very least, I could have been in a wheelchair, uh, but I wasn't, you know? And at that time I thought, wow, lucky escape. But I look back now, I'm thinking, wow, you know, I can walk. So that was for me, yeah, a near-death experience. Mm. Um, that's, mm. that, that's, that's something which did impact on me, but yeah. I think so much more has gone inside my head anyway from other times, like you say, mm. uh, where have been, have impacted me at a, at a deeper level. Mm. You know, at a deeper level. So mm. I, I've, looking back at my life, I've been traumatized many times. Um, but not through physical uh, mm. action, but by emotional mm. Um, mm. times, yeah. yeah. And I find it hard, David, I find it hard. I mean, this story you just told me is getting me to think about this other um, thought that just come up by hearing the story of you being that car door and like light, near life death kind of experience, which was your own experience. Like nobody was there filming you or anything, but that's your, you know, that's, that's embedded within you, right? in this what happens is that oftentimes when somebody questions you especially people who don't know you and they ask you like what is what have you been through to become the motivation motivational coach you are today like you can't literally go through every point 
that made you who you are, but there's some things you are just aware of today because you went through processes, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, when I work with clients, um, I've often experienced what they've experienced. Uh, and I can wow. feel uh, yeah. I've always known that I'm an empath. Mm. I'm, I'm empathic. I can feel mm. emotions and feel people. So immediately I can, I always think one of my strengths, if people ask me, what are your, what are your strengths? Is I can help people be more at ease with themselves as a coach. So, you know, I don't know the answers for them, but I can help them find the answers and I can also mm. give them tools. So, yeah, mm. it's, um, it's a way of connecting. I think that the more you can connect with yourself, yes. the more comfortable yes. you're in your own skin, the more you, you can yes. help others and connect with themselves. Yeah. Yes, and I'm, I get this from you that you are able to put yourself let's say, in the shoes of other people, like putting yourself in somebody's shoes. You know how when we're growing up, our parents go like, you know, you don't know how it feels to be a poor person on the street with no shoes on. Just imagine how it would be like that. You know, how would it feel to be them? So you can feel while sitting next to them, you can feel how it is to be them. And that's amazing how you came up with this book called Let It Go. Um, and I want to know how did you come about with this idea that I'll, I'll you know, from coaching and doing all these seminars and motivating people, changing lives. He said, today I will write a book. How did that come about? Yeah, sure, great question. Um, I used to work a lot one-to-one -one with people. And then I started thinking, I, I want to work with groups of people. How do I help people change? But more of them hmm. in the same room. Hmm. So I, I started offering workshops for small groups and just using the same tools as I would do in a private session, but mm. deliver it more on a content approach. Mm. Uh, and it worked. People were changing. And mm. on, on my six to eight week program, people were changing. And I, I then thought, well, it would be nice to change even more people if possible. Mm. How do I get people around the world and start to help people change mm. without even having to have a, without meeting them? And so the book is like a conversation. It's like me having a conversation with you and, mm. and showing you how the mind works, how perhaps you, you've learned to think the way you do, uh, to show that you can change the way you think. It's not irreversible and it's not fixed. And if you're open to working on yourself and wanting to change, then you can do it. So the book then was distilled down from the tools I learned and information um, over a period of about five years, five or six years, wasn't um, a quick situation, mm. and uh, it's yeah, it's it came from from that. So it started in 2015, and then it ended in 2020. The journey, um, let it go, uh, was a result of having worked with people and looking into their eyes, and then seeing them transform. They've often said, "I I had to let go." Of so I had to, you know, there's always this common thread, Sally, was they let go of something. Uh, and I thought, wow, uh, and, and that was the common thread. And therefore, the title of the book. Beautiful. Love it. It's also bringing you back to 2015. That's when my daughter was very young. And this movie came out called Frozen. And it had a theme song. <laughs> 
think anybody else would bring it up with you. So I said, I'll be the mom who brings it up. <laughs> uh, let it go, let it go. <laughs> do you get do you get people often bringing that song up, or they're just like too shy or polite? <laughs> They do, they do bring it up occasionally, yes, people say it. And I, I think it's great, isn't it? It's a, it's a yeah. song that children, you know, yeah. can relate to. And I think... Mothers. Mothers. Can relate to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, a, it's an obvious statement, isn't it? And, it, you know, if the world could let go yeah. of stuff, it could mm. be a, an, an easier place for a lot of people. Definitely, definitely. And I've written it down because I, it was a thought that came to me when I was looking at your title. And so um, I wrote, it, the title is wonderful because it actually does not imply to anyone that, okay, so you know how we say to people, this is the thought behind it. You know how we say to people when they're going through something and most people do this. So if a person is going through something, go like, be grateful, be positive. Mm. Um, just, you know, forget about it. What these statements do, they, they imply that I know I've been there so you can, you know, you just, just go through it and just don't, you know, stiff, stiffen up and, you know, face life. Though when somebody's going through trauma, and you know this, when they're going through, but I'm saying it for the viewers and everybody listening to us today, when you're going through all this pain and agony and you feel like you're all alone in this space where there's no help, you just need somebody to just, kindly hold your hand and go like, let it go. Mm. So and with this implies that I don't know what you're going through. I'm not saying be grateful or forget it. Or it's not, it's, it's just saying whatever it is. Yeah. Just first step is let it go. And then you're not saying that I'm judging you or I'm telling you what you've gone through, gone through is something I've gone through. And you're not, you're not trying to be somebody like, you know how I think in most parenting systems or like places where people tell you that how to be they're like because we have been through this so we tell you give you dispense this is advice to you so you don't come from that space of advice but you're starting with the first step it's like when you know that in that thought pattern where you're you're stuck and all your thoughts are telling is like just daggers they're daggers and they're telling you you are not good you are not enough you just need somebody to change your thought like break it and say let it go. So I love that beautiful message. This is this is where I was I was like, wow. Like I didn't know this title would affect me this way when I thought about it. Uh, but it, you know, it started with the song, the fun yeah. aspect, and then it went straight into this <laughs> deep, deep place. Uh, yes. That's true. I mean, you know, if somebody is in pain or trauma or anything in their in their life. You can't just tell them. You, can, you can't just tell them because they don't want to be told. I mean, the first thing they want to be really that is to be understood. To understood. Uh, and then they want support and patience mm -hmm. because we can only support and be patient around someone who's going through pain. No matter how small the pain or big the pain is, you, you, can't, you can't just judge someone and say, you know, I know better than you do this because this, that's just not helpful at all. Uh, and let it go is just a, a, a notion, a, a, an, op an option for that person to say, would you consider this mm. letting go? Would you consider mm. it? So it's a, mm. you know, a gentle uh, mm. approach. It, it feels like that, you know, and that's why I had to 
dramatically sort of express it by you know just show you like you know let it go holding somebody's hand because that's our words are like you know they are like spells and i why you know the way the word spell is used is to say that it can actually affect somebody's mind for them to take an action to for that to go to another human another human and it's like a you know it's a conscious thing it's a human a collective thing when you say let it go to somebody here it's going to another person and it this is how it works so um that's how it was settling with me because i myself since i'm learning to become a coach and i do face people and you know i mean i've had a whole life where i have experiences in this whole time if i look at moments where i was personally down if somebody said let it go and i don't care who they were i would be like thank you i needed to hear those words because because you i think what the problem is like people tend to over judge themselves a lot and in that tend to hold on to things like guilt and shame and um you know i'm not worthy Uh, and in that somebody has to break that chain and i love that graphic explanation you know it's straight away when i'm going through the pages of your book there's a rope and this yeah. person is holding on to it really tight and yeah. then he's like let's go but the rope still has the imprint imprint of his hands of his fingers because he's been he's been holding on for so like so tightly for so long and then when he goes to the third you know if there are three images the third image is saying he's let go and and the rope's gone away from him and the hand is free so this is it this is our human instinct to hold on to negativity and thinking it's happening right yeah absolutely and um later on in the book there's there's a model which i i, I do hope you when you do read it it's okay. called the fit mind model um mm. fit mm-hmm. um f is the past i is in the now and t is the future um okay. and what's in between each of, of the two sections is the word let it go so f stands for in the past forgiveness forgiving something someone including yourself mm. when you do that you let go you let go you're back in, in the i which is in the now mm. or t t is the future where when we don't trust when we when we we don't trust that things are going to go well or we que- over question or overthink the future we get anxious we start mm-hmm. building anxiety because we 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 say things like you know um will he propose to me or will i get that job or will i pass the exams these are all future based mm-hmm. and we're questioning the word trust so when we can trust the future i always say trust the universe trust god trust whatever just trust it makes you feel immediately calmer just to trust um if you look in the past if you just forgive forgive yourself for all the bad things you've said to yourself or forgive a person or forgive the events forgiveness doesn't mean condoning what went one was right mm. it just says i'm now going to unlock free myself mm. i'm going to say goodbye so that's mm. the ultimate letting go so um mm. that for me is it's so powerful when we we embrace the past learn from it but let it go mm. we can't hold on to it because it's like holding on to a moving car which is going backwards in time it's going to hurt us wow it's going to hurt us mm. and mm. then if you think about the future mm. 
if you overthink about the future, you're never present with that person. You're never present mm. with yourself. You're just thinking too far ahead when it hasn't even happened, but just trust, trust. So in this time in history, we've got a pandemic. We've got yeah. a... Mm. I'm just trusting. I'm trusting the universe. And I say to myself every day, all day, every day, trust mm. the universe, trust the universe. And, trust you know, you have to. You have, you have to. to. Um, you know, I, I like how you you've actually said this in some place too. Like we are all works. We're we, everyone is a work in progress. Mm. And you said that I believe everyone is a work in progress. The moment you stop working on yourself is the moment I believe your life plateaus. From that moment, there is a chance that you may slip backwards, and that that's where I'm at. And I, I really believe that no matter how much we learn is the day we get up and we're like oh, i don't want to do this anymore you know um that's basically giving up on ourselves so even if it's a little action you take every day you need to keep building yourself isn't it and nobody's perfect that's what you're trying to say that i am not perfect and i love that that's so humble and that's so important to say it to everyone yes no one's perfect least of all me and and what, what i think is that what i was trying to the message is that just do something every day, mm. just to do something and understand you're like an unfinished masterpiece. You're just gonna be working on yourself all your life because we're mm. here to experience life on this planet. And it's mm. a great adventure. I always look at it as an adventure. You know, we can mm. always find a great restaurant or find a lovely country to visit and new people to talk to. And we can always learn from others and yeah. to always, Always look at, when I meet people, I want to learn from them. I want to learn more from them mm. because it's going to make mm. me better, you know? Um, yes. And I think that if the moment we start thinking that we're complete is a downward, we, we, we're going downhill on that point, you know? Mm. That work mm. and, keep, and it's not work, it's joy. Feed your soul. Feed yeah. Your yes. You know? Yes, that is. And it's just perspective, isn't it? It's switching your perspective to the idea, as you said, the universe is always working out for me, like the universe has got my back. And it's 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 just not to say that I'm not putting in the work, you know, that people get, get, get confused. They think like trusting the universe means that, okay, I'm just going to sit here and just going to have a cup of tea and things are going to just work out. No, it's because of the work you put in yourself every day where you can have that cup of tea and imagine and have visualizations of this few, this grand thing that is happening currently. Like you can imagine your future happening now. So instead of you said, you said this yourself, fascinating about the future or dreading the future, imagine that you have what you want in the future right now, right mm -hmm. here. And it works because it puts you in the rhythm and the energy and the frequency of having, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And you know, when we're, it's all about energy. Uh, I mean, my, mm. my degrees, university degrees were, were uh, first one was biochemistry, which is the biochemistry of the body. And the other, next one was uh, optometry. And so I'm very much science driven. Uh, and we are energy. If, if you ask a human being, what are we? They'll say, well, bones, hair, skin, you know, brain. And if you look deeper, then it's chemicals and cells if you look even deeper with the with the most powerful microscopes science says that we're just energy um mm. well i shouldn't say just energy we are energy therefore if you meet someone you really connect with 
you feel their energy. It's amazing. It's, mm. it's amazing. And mm. if you meet someone who is the opposite, they drain your energy. So we are energetic beings. And mm. yeah, you're right. When we think about things that mm. we want, then mm. if you're a, if you are of that energy, because once upon a time, I wasn't this energy. I mm. was too shy. I was mm. maybe negative and maybe despairing. So it was a different energy. You would have had a conversation with me. Mm. It would have been a mixed energy. But now I would say that I'm a good, a good energy, the best version, which is yes. something that you just want to work on every day and be a, yeah. the next version of yourself. Just like you buy your favorite car, but in a couple of years' time, they do a new version of that, which is better. They say safer, better. So why not look at yourself as a work in progress and you've got you've got the remote control. You can operate your life. And that's where I, I would like people to think about that. That's such an interesting point, uh, David, because uh, more and more people need to understand that we, we need to show up for ourselves and we just need to believe that we, nobody's better than anybody else. Nobody's worse than anybody else this whole dichotomy of like us versus you and uh, you know all these wars and like i will go into that whole peace love and you know that 70s thing because i do believe in that because the more i become a better version of me like what i think you know work in progress i get like you know why do we have this like i'm older than you you're younger than me i know better this whole you know, as you said, beliefs and ideas that we grow up with. And isn't it wonderful to be in a place where you grow up with certain beliefs and ideas and people like ancestrally, you see people doing things the same way and you decide, aha, uh -huh, no, I'm, 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 I'm not going to think like that. I, I, I respect the good things, but the things that never worked and they've been recycled for years and years, I think, I, I think I can change that. And then you yeah. do the work. So I, I like this about you. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I mean, we we come through generations, you know, in our family and they thought a certain way. We don't know how they thought, but what we do is we learn from our parents, but our parents have learned from their parents. And, and so it trickles down to the generations. And, you know, Sonia, only when we identify the thinking errors they're making, you know, when we, when, when my mum, my own mum says, oh, what will the neighbours think? Oh, I've got to think of prestige in the family. What will they think? And we, we, we see other people have the same sort of parents and they understand that we call it culture, isn't it? Culture, which is thinking and feeling it, but it's come down through generations. Yeah. And it's only when you start to think deeply about mm. it and you're mm -hmm. open to change. If, if I wasn't open to change, I wouldn't have changed. And yes. there are there are people out there who are not open to change, and I respect that. Yes, I respect that. If they're not open to change, that's fine. Hmm. Um, hmm. But I guess we're looking for people to work with people who are, who want to change. Yes. And who 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 believe they want to be instead of a victim, they want to be a victor. Hmm. You know, they want hmm. to be take control of their life. And this, this is this is what I felt that this book is for those who have reached that point where they are they're feeling the calling. They're like, I, I want help because you put it in the book too. And I think it's here where you say that um, 
I knew I had to go to war with my mind if I have if I was to come out of this. Yet sadly, I did not know how. And I found that so deep because I have been in those situations where I thought I am the only one and I don't know who to talk to, who to tell this to, and would anybody even get it? Or even would somebody be the well where I can say it and, and it goes away? So it just gets out of my system. So it's it's so deep. Yes. Yeah, yeah. How? You know, you know it's, it's, um, it's funny because I hear people telling me you know, they, they've watched videos or they've come, come come on my courses and there could be an audience there sitting there, 50 people. And then somebody will come up to me at the end and say, oh, I thought I was the only one who experienced this. And, hmm. you know, because I'll get them to do exercises and pair up and they say, I can't believe I all these years, I thought I was the only one who felt like this. And that for me and, and maybe for you, when we realize that we're not the only one uh it's it's free and we feel lighter immediately mm. we feel mm. we feel we've got a, a chance yes. to change and we realize that we're not the only one and you can let it go you can wake up in the morning and say i am choosing to be this then you can wake up the next morning so i'm choosing to be this like tomorrow i talk to you david you could say i'm I'm a better version of myself today. So the version you spoke to yesterday has kind of evolved overnight. You know, yes. that is your choice. You can do that to tell people that you mm. can change, grow this very second. It's so important for people like you to do the work that you do is amazing that way. Thank you. Thank you. You know, that reminds me of um, Sonia Lubomirsky. She's a chief psychologist in, um, in California, in UCLA. Mm. And she, she did a study on the the what makes people happy uh, and I remember reading this uh, a few years ago and she influenced me and she found out that 50% of our, our happiness is genetic it's in the genes it's coded uh, and it's so fascinating this new science of epigenetics which I'm looking into um, for my next book because that's what I want to write about then uh, she, she found out that 10% of our happiness which is really interesting this next bit 10% is the toys in our life, which is the car, the money, the job, the, you know, the prestige, the holidays, the clothes, 10%. Mm. That's often 10%. That's why people who win the lottery, um, often they become bankrupt within five years mm. because they were never happy in the first place, you know? So then they, she posed the question, what's the other 40%? Mm. What's that 40%? That's the bit that we can actually um, utilize. And mm -hmm. her answer that she found out, because she studied several thousand mm -hmm. people, including twins, the answer was choice. Mm -hmm. What we choose to do, the activities, the interactivity we do daily influences our happiness. Choice. So 50% mm -hmm. genetics, 10% the toys, 40% the choice. Choice of actions we take every day. Wow. Uh, and if you make, if you don't do anything, that's a choice. Mm, mm, if you decide mm. to, that you can't change, that's a choice. Mm. But it's not permanent. You you you've got the right, you've got the right to choose, make a different choice. Mm. You know, mm. you might see a movie, mm. and think, wow, that's what I want to do in life. You've made a choice. 
mm. and you start going about doing it. You know, lots of people mm. out there might have taken 10 years after initially mm. thinking they wanted to start their business, mm. but they were too afraid to leave the job. So mm. 10 years to make that decision. Or mm. I, I remember having a, a message on Facebook a couple of years ago, and the lady said, I've been on your day event, David. It really inspired me, but also it it shook up my mindset. And I thought, where's she going with this? You know, mm. She said, within six months after your workshop, I left my job because I was being bullied and I'd been there for so long. I'd left it, I made a decision and I got a new job, I'm so happy. And she said, I, she said, I also left my marriage. She said, I, was, I realized I was unhappy for about five years and I left it. She said, mm. I'm so happy. She said, I've mm. got a new partner, I'm so happy because mm. I made that choice. Mm. You know, something I would have said that day influenced mm. the way she was thinking, but mm. she made the decision. That she she decided, I'm worthy. Mm. I'm worthy of happiness. Mm. I I am worthy of happiness. So it was lovely to see that message, you know. Mm. Um, and the universe just conspires when when the human themselves stands up for himself or for herself and says, you know, I intend to be this person now. I realize my power and I I embrace it. And then everything does work out. And that's the part people don't talk about. And uh, they always talk about the, the, the regretfulness, the, the resentment or the sadness you'll feel when you leave all these stable sort of things in your life, you know? Um, and so the, they don't go on the other side of fear. So I love how you work with fear. And there's a lot about that in the book too. Mm, yes, fear is, uh, is the invisible enemy. It's, uh, we feel it. Uh, but when we take action, mm. we can pass through it. You know, mm. there is a there's a there's a there's a, a there's a chapter on the book in in the book on fear with a very interesting story. I, I I'm not going to tell it because <laughs> you're so tempted. <laughs> yeah, they can read it. Uh, they can read it. It's it's the story of the dog, uh, uh, and I want people to read it and see how does it resonate with them. Uh, mm. It might change their attitude towards fear. So mm. I put a whole mm -hmm. chapter on that, yeah. Because it's, it's something that's it's it's there, but if we again, mm. if we trust, yeah. I was working with a client yesterday morning who had this specific problem, mm. uh, and it was affecting her body, and nobody knew what was going on. And mm. I worked with her before, and I said we, we we're looking at trust here, and she she understood, she understood. Mm. It wasn't uh, the virus or the world, but no, um, it was something about herself, but. The minute we trust, fear can actually dissolve away. Mm. It suddenly mm. can dissolve away. And it, mm. you might wake up the next day scared. Okay, mm -hmm. trust, mm. trust, mm. trust. Mm. Love that, love that. Because I actually did write down that I was going to ask you about how disease is connected to our ability to think positively or negatively because um, I am, uh, I've always been uh, interested in the mind. So this is just going to another place now. And uh, you've sort of answered that question, but I will get to the part that I would like you to put forward as well. What do you think of this? Like I have always been interested in the mind, but like there were certain moments in my life where I think when you go through places where you think you're going mental, basically you feel like you, it's like you are not in control of certain things that you're 
brain is able to project to you or like you're able to hallucinate or visualize things which you're not in control of. So in those kind of situations, um, one would think what is wrong with me in terms of my brain, right? So those kind of things got me to like, I, I did like start with writing poetry and things like that because I couldn't explain how I feel. Writing for me was a struggle, but if it was poetry, I would be like saying it out or singing was more easier for me, like writing songs. I think what happens to people is like, I'm just going down to the point it's when they go through anywhere, when their mental state is questioned, where they're not in control of it, like people who go through depression or people go through anywhere where it's told like, your brain is not working fine and you are not in control of it. That's where when people either let go or they're like, I want to know more about my brain. I'm not going to tell, let that doctor tell me that what my brain looks like I'm going to work at my brain and I think that's where I got so interested in the brain I started like getting into Dr. Joe Dispenza lately and in the beginning it was all about quantum physics it was all about getting into like how the subconscious mind works and how the conscious mind works and and that's why when I see a mind coach and I'm speaking to you today it's like everything has come together so really grateful this moment <laughs> oh yes i'm grateful i'm grateful for being on the show it's, it's mm. great great mm. questions mm. love it love it and i know your book will do great is it on amazon <laughs> it's everywhere yeah it's on amazon so people can order it um it's on every reputable book site now so really happy really happy it's out there just to help people yeah I feel we need to have another podcast soon when you have uh, come to another state of evolving and me too. And we will talk about a few other topics because I feel like there is so much that can be talked about, but like it's so, it can go so deep if, yes. We, yes. if we let it go. <laughs> yes, 100%. I, you know, I'm, I'm the same again. I'd love to have a conversation with you again. So I think uh, you can take the conversation anywhere because, um, the brain, uh, I mean, actually in the book, there's a, there's a chapter you might love as well. New, it's called, it's about neuroplasticity, how the brain oh, will change. I love this. I've written it down that I will ask you about this. You're saying exactly what I've written. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, did I manifest this conversation? I have no idea. It's crazy. <laughs> that whole law of attraction thing. Um, I did write, I said, I will ask you about how, oh yeah, there's a term that's been coined around neuroplasticity, where you can reprogram your mind into positive thoughts and become your best version. What do you think about that? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the book, it's, um, hmm. I talk about the brain because when I was training to be an optometrist, we had to learn about the brain. Hmm. So now, um, I can look back at that and marry it up with psychology now. And yeah, our brain, we've got 100 billion cells and they want to change. You know, we spend the first, what, 18, 20 years of our life learning how to walk, talk, read, write. And then after that, we perhaps do very little with our brain. And science has proven we, we can, you can teach an 80-year-old how to play the piano. It's not that old um, saying, well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. That's absolute BS. You can... Anyone can change. And the exciting thing is, you know, I've worked with so many seniors who have spent decades, Salia, really hating themselves and feeling unworthy and feeling um, their life was a waste. And they've changed. 
you know, we've mm. had coaching sessions and they've changed mm. and they felt more happy and grateful in their life than they have been for the first 60 or 70 years. And it's, no, I, I was going to say it's crazy. It's not crazy. It's just that people can understand. We've been taught so many things growing up, you mm. know, and we've learned so many things which were, they didn't serve us and they were wrong, yeah. com completely wrong. And science has now disproven it that mm. you can learn a new language at any age. You can mm. learn how to play the piano. Mm. You, can, you can, you know, there's famous stories of nuns, 50 to 60 year old nuns who never run in their life, completing mm. triathlons, Ironmans, you know, mm. we can do it. Um, mm. our, our mind and our brain is very, very trainable, but it's you mm. having to decide, I want to do it and, mm. and make that decision. So again, mm. it's back to that word decision and choice. And, and the fact that you said, if I was not open to change or people, if people are not open to change, then they wouldn't have hold this perspective, which was always like, nah, there's more to this. There's more to this. Nah, there's more to this. You know, yeah. people become the solidified versions of themselves around their thirties on their forties, because they think they've been holding on to this for so long. But I think with people like me and you, I think, um, and there are many of us, and then there are many people who can think like this. It's not just us. I think we kind of, in a way, always thought there was something else going on and that we are just in between all of this and we are getting somewhere. And we be the belief we had within, within ourselves, even on the most crappiest of days, was there. Mm. It was there. That little fire was there. That little light was there. And the experiences, mm. I think, only show you the contrast of what you want to be. So if you mm. faced a lot of pain, you're like, nah. I'm not going to experience that pain again. Sorry, I I, I might pain uh, face it to grow. Yes, but I'm not going to do a limit. Whether I'm going to think like I'm going to take my life, things like that. This is where we need to tell people that it doesn't have to go to a place where you have to take your life. It can go to a place where you go low, but then you go up. You know, yes. you don't have to go down. Mm. Take that pain, feel it, but it doesn't mean that you have to. You know. Yes. Yeah. You, you know, acknowledge the pain, acknowledge where it's mm. coming from. You're hurting. Mm. Something is not resonated with you in your life. Something's happened. Yeah. Um, and use and learn from that pain to yeah. obviously to become a better person. Yeah. Share the pain with a, with a trusted person because yeah. often people, you know, come to a place where they feel so alone and so um, lost. And mm. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in that if you can get to the point where you can share it, you know, mm -hmm. if it's not with a professional like, like you and I, to share it with someone they trust, someone mm -hmm. you feel mm -hmm. is not going to judge you because mm -hmm. there's, there's nothing worse than talking to someone who's going to judge you and tell, mm -hmm. tell you what to do, you know? Mm -hmm. When you then share it, then think about, right, what can I do differently from now on? What can I do? Repeat, repeat, repeat mm -hmm. daily. You know, mm, so, mantra. yeah, yes, mantras and, and yeah. exercise yeah. and yeah. action, take action. As you said mm. about if we want stuff in life, like the law of attraction, we want to bring stuff into our life. We still got to take action. As you say, you can't sit back in your seat and then just think, right, OK, it's, <laughs> it's going to happen. And I'm not even going to have to think about it. We have to take action every day. Mm. And that could be just one percent. If mm. you take one percent of action every day in a hundred days, that's a hundred percent. 
mm. change you you walk. So it's just moving forward a little bit at a time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now we get to the part of our conversation where I will give you a card from my deck, which is called the Power Thought Cards. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do a bit of a you know out there kind of thing which you were like what is this this is not connected to science but it is <laughs> yes <I love> <laughs> so there she goes with her spirituality and <laughs> so this this what it does is that because of the time that you've spent over here the energy that you've shared with us today the words the profound stories from the heart that you've delivered today for us to hear and experience that what you are here to say this is a gratitude, just a token for the mm. fact that you're here present. And what I do is I just intuitively pull out a card. It's a double-sided card and it's a power thought card. So it's basically just like an affirmation or telling you how your day is or how you should think or like it's up to you how it resonates with you. If it doesn't, you know how to work with energy, you know scientifically how to work with energy. So it wouldn't be like this. It would be something like, dung, 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 like you know, processes of dispense dispensing this energy so i'll just put out a card and see what comes out for you so thank you so i'll do this little thing where i say dear universe help me pull out a card for david david raman um and the universe is saying pronounce it as rahman because that's how i use it <laughs> <laughs> But, but yeah. he's British, yeah. <laughs> so don't want to offend him. Okay, let's pull out a card. And oh, so it says, I don't think if you can see it, it says, this is the, this is the image, okay? Yes. And it's got beautiful illustrations, this whole deck. So it says, every thought I think is create, creating my future. Every thought I think is creating my future. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a photograph as well and send you later. And there's a whole text here, so bear with me. Yes, sure. Uh, so it says, the universe totally supports every thought I choose to think and believe. I have unlimited choices about what I think I choose. Wow. I have unlimited choices about what I think I choose. I choose balance, harmony, and peace, and I express it in my life. Wow, that's powerful. That's perfect. I don't believe this. I've never come across this card. There are like about 64 cards. Yeah. And I've done it for a few people at the end of sessions. And this is about choices and thoughts. And we were talking about choice and- Oh yes, that's amazing. That's really, you don't have to ask me. <laughs> it resonates totally. Yeah. Wow. That's so powerful. And yeah, I mean, I believe exactly what the card says. Uh, that's the truth. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. You're going to have to um, send me, message me some, some shots. That's brilliant. Thank yes, you. I will definitely do that, David. It's been loving, love, lovely, lovely, lovely having you here. Um, I have 
Yes, definitely. I had a few other intense questions too, but we'll leave it for the next podcast uh, and we will do that. Thank you for your time and energy. I hope your book does good and everybody who wants to get a look at your book or buy it or even listen to the audio version, it's out there. As you said, it's everywhere. So just get online and have a look at his book and buy it. Uh, it's going to be a really good book, book a self-help book for you to keep and read through whenever you want to. I mean, it can be even at the age of 80, which you mentioned in your book, the age 80, which I think at 80, I would be feeling like, okay, now I am 16. <laughs> Let's read this. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so thank you so much, David. It's been lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you would like to keep in touch with David Raman, you can do so by going on www.my.coach. You can email him on hello at my.coach. And if you would like to buy his book, it's available on Amazon. Let it go by David Rahman.